So today, Lord willing, we're going to get through our third part of our series called Manifest. Really been enjoying uh, this word today. I have no doubt you're going to receive something fresh from it today as well. And I, I will say that um, we may pick it up again. I'm going to go into a brand new series called Why Church this coming Sunday. I don't want you to miss it. Um, I think we need to know why, church, <laughs> why we gather together. What's the import, especially in today's world where everything is just a touch away by way of our iPads, iPhones, or whatever phone we have, our smartphones, and we can see so much on the internet. And yet we live in the, it's an interesting thing. We have thousands of friends online, but really are they our friends or are they just a lot of people that, that follow us? Because I don't know half the people or more, you know. And um, truthfully, not everybody knows us. And so we live in a world that we're more connected than ever, but more lonely than ever before. I want to talk about, I want to deal with that. I want to talk about the significance and the dynamics of church and why we are to be a part of it. Matter of fact, church is not even a building, really. It's who we are as a people. So I can't wait to get into that. Today I want to look at Genesis chapter 12. And um, by the way, I said this on Thursday. I'm going to say it again. Every time we open the word of God, we create a new opportunity for change in our lives. So when you come to the house of God to receive God's word, get excited. Now, I, don't, I won't say get on the edge of your seat because it might be hard to do, but I mean, in, the, in, a, in a real way, be in the edge of your seat to grasp what God has to say to you because I promise you this word is alive, the Bible says. It's alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. That means it becomes a sword in your hand against any plot of the enemy that tries to come against you. It divides asunder even soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Are you all flowing with me so far? So we see that there's power, power, power in the word, and it will affect change in our lives. Look what it says here. I'm going to start here with this uh, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country. By the way, Abram is who God started with to start the Jewish people. He said, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house. How many know sometimes if God's going to do something new in your life, he's got to get you out of some of them crazy people in your family's lives? Come on, someone say amen. We love you, but we just don't want to hang with you anymore. Praise the Lord. To, he said, to a land that I will show you. Everybody say, to a land that I will show you. Now, what's that going to take? That's going to take our faith, right? Because for the simple fact is, is that he hasn't seen it yet. He's only on a journey with God. So literally every step he's taking, he's got to believe God. He's got to trust God. And he's got to have faith in what God's telling him to do. He hasn't seen this nation or the city he's going to yet or this land, but he knows it's out there somewhere by reference of what God told him to do. And he said this, God says, and because of that, I'll make you a great nation. He said, I will bless you, okay, and make your name great. I'll make you famous and you shall be a blessing. So I'm going to bless you so that you can become a blessing. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoke to him, and Lot went with him. Hmm. And Abram was 75 years old when he, was, when he had departed from Haran. Then Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions, and all they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired at Haran. And they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Wait a minute here. I thought God told Abram to get out of his father's house and away from his family. 
Yet we see here that before he leaves, he goes to Lot, that's his, his nephew, and says, why don't you and your family come? Not only you and your family come, but you, your family, and all the people you gathered together that help you out and they work for you, your servants, and all their wives and husbands and all that stuff. And let's go together, bring all your possessions, your herds, your money, your cattle, all your businesses, and let's all go together. I thought God said to him, you and your wife come follow me. And you get away from your family. You see, God knows ultimately what we've got to do. Even if it's a hard decision, you need to make the necessary hard decision to be obedient to God because the obedience will bring the blessing into your life. I can tell you this. You can study for yourself in Genesis on. You will find out at Genesis chapter 12. You'll find out that one hardship one difficulty after the other happened to Abram uh, again and again and again because he wasn't simply obedient to what God asked him to do. He almost got killed. He got in war. He had to lie. His wife almost got, uh, was almost taken as another wife. Twice this happened. Within about a 15-year period, uh, he experienced death. Things that did not have to happen were happening because he wasn't simply obedient to what God asked him to do. And what happened was it put his manifested destiny, his manifested purpose on hold. A big D for delay was on the back of Abram because he wasn't obedient. Church, obedience is what is needed. If we're going to have a life to manifest all that God has promised us, let me make this statement. Faith is trusting God enough to obey him even when your head is screaming don't. Faith is trusting God enough to obey him even when reason and circumstances says don't. In other words, I'm going to do what God asked me to do because he's God and I'm not and God gets what he wants and as a result of that, I know that God is all seen and all knowing. Therefore, God knows exactly just like the air traffic controller across the street from us is up in that building right now and he's controlling all the blurbs on the screen. Come on. And he's telling this one, you go to 35,000. This one, you go to 37. This one, you drop down to 22. Why is he doing that? Because he knows the traffic. He knows what's coming. He knows if they don't go up 10,000 feet, there's going to be a head-on collision. And all they can do is say, yes, sir, we'll do what you asked us to do. Why? Because why? The controller, the air traffic controller, he is all-knowing. He sees everything in the picture. You only see what's in front of you. Come on, somebody. Hey, and faith is stepping out and trusting God, saying, you know, I don't. I don't want to preach this too soon. Hallelujah. But I'm starting to feel the Holy Ghost up in here today. So we said, if you don't have faith, then most of what God has for you has not yet been manifested in your life. This whole message is about bringing manifestation, dreams and desires to pass, things that you've been longing for, things that God told you was about to happen that hasn't happened yet. He wants to manifest it in your life, but you're going to have to utilize your faith. Why? Because what you need from God is in the spirit and not the natural world. Everything in this life existed first in the spirit, then in the natural. Colossians 1.16, for by him, by God, all things, say all things. 
Say it like you mean it. All things were created that are in heaven, that's a spiritual place, and that on earth, that's a natural place. Whether visible or invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. So everything you need is God. In God, God is what? God is spirit. And you better thank God that he is spirit because God is not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should repent. Whatever this God says, come on, it will come to pass. That's my sheer obedience, trusting God. No matter what he says, I'm going to obey him because he knows the truth and he knows the end from the beginning and all things consist in him. Everybody say this. Say, I have been blessed. Say it again, I have, past tense, been blessed. You have been blessed. Not gonna, not might be, not someday in the sweet by and by when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus. We'll sing and shout the victory. That's gonna be great one day, but I live here in the nasty now and I need God to show up in my life, my circumstances, my body, my money, my relationship. Come on. I'm preaching better than you shouting. Come on. Sunday morning, calm down, Pastor. Calm, calm the heck down. You're just waiting for it too hard. There you go. I'm going to bring it. Here we go. You have been blessed already. The moment you received Jesus Christ as Lord and your Savior, you were blessed, which means you were empowered to prosper. You were empowered to prosper. That means to do well. That means to go over every obstacle. You're anointed to go over them. And it means to arrive into your destination or your destiny. So when you think empowerment to prosper, don't think just money. It's far more than that. It means I do good, I do well, I get over stuff. Come on, somebody. And I arrive into my destiny. But let me ask you, can you see in the material world now, can you see all your blessings? Well, the answer is no, not yet. But Ephesians 1, 3 says this, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, what? Has blessed us with every what? Spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. So all the blessing I need exists. It's not yet in the material world, but it already exists in God in the spiritual world. I'm getting somewhere, praise God. Remember this, the natural world is supported by the spiritual world, which makes it more real than the physical world we live in because we're not propped up by the natural, we're propped up by the spiritual. The spiritual provides the, 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 the structure, the glue that makes things work or stick together. And this is what, it, oh, this is so good, church. Are y'all ready for this? The Bible says that the worlds, the worlds, the universes were framed by the word of God. So when God wanted to have change or when God wanted to create what he wanted to create, 
He didn't have to sit, sit there long. He had a visual image of what he wanted on the inside of him. And by the way, he made you in his image and in his likeness. And the reason why you don't see a ticker tape of words going across your brain right now is because you're made in his image. When I speak even now, you're seeing images of yourself and your life and things going on. It's much more than just words. Words provide the picture or the image. That's why you can rewind your life and go back. I know why I have the image of I have in myself right now because the words that I received 10, 20 years ago when they told me I was nobody and nothing, I shouldn't have received that nonsense. That's why I always feel like I can't make it. I can't get to the other side. So I got to uproot the naughty bad words. Come on, somebody. I got to uproot those evil, unrighteous words with the word of God. Are y'all hearing me so far? So when God saw darkness, he didn't say, oh me, oh my, I'm freaking out. What am I going to do here? He didn't say nothing. He didn't curse the darkness. He said, light be, light be. And the light changed the darkness once and for all. And by the way, light is still going on at 186,000 miles an hour. It's continued to create galaxies. Why is that true? Because he never said light stop. He only said light be. And it's going and going. When God tells you something, Honey, that word's going to keep coming to pass on and on and on in your life. I'm preaching pretty good. I'm going to play this back in my podcast. Praise God, I need, to get, I need to hear this word. Everything you need is in that B-I-P-L-E. Everything you need is in that Bible. Everything you need already consists in there. But the problem is most people don't like it. See, the word the Bible says is like a seed. The word is like a seed, but people want to harvest. You know why they don't like the seed? Because the seed isn't sexy enough. The seed doesn't look good enough. The seed doesn't seem promising enough. But you got to look a little deeper in the promise of the seed. That if you take the seed and you plant the seed, it will become a harvest. Jesus. So I got to find the word, the seed that's in the B-I-B-L-E. And when I get the S-E-E-D in the ground of the soil, it will one day as I'm patient, it will come forth by faith and produce a mighty harvest in my life. Church, you got to understand the worlds were framed by the word of God. That means you can reclaim, reframe, and rename your world with the word of God. You don't like the darkness in your life? Reclaim it. Reframe it. Rename it. Come on. One old time preacher said you got 66 bags of seeds. There's 66 books of the Bible. And there's 66 bags of seed. Find yourself one. Don't you be so lazy. Get in that book and find you a seed and work on that promise and put it before the throne of God until it germinates and brings forth an abundant harvest in your life. This simply means that our supply is not from earth. It's from the spirit first. And that's the problem. That's our dilemma. The reason why we ask so small instead of big is because we've been trained to look at what we have as our source. And when we look at what we have as our source, we get discouraged because we always think we don't have enough. Whatever it may be. Look, church, God has an abundant, unlimited supply to fulfill our lives. Ephesians 3.20 I hope I'm lifting somebody's faith here today. Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able, whew, now to him, who's him? God. Everybody say God. God. Who is what? 
able. The God we serve is an able God. He's a God that will make a way where there seems to be no way. He'll cause rivers and streams to flow in the desert and make the wasteland like a, an abundant garden. This is what God is able to what? To do. He's not only an able God, he's a doing God. Yeah. To do what? Exceedingly. Abundantly. The word exceedingly means what? To go beyond your supposed limitations. Whatever limit or lack or insufficiency you got in your life, whatever label that world put on you and said this is who you are. By the way, who are they anyways? I bear the name of the Lord. I don't bear their name. Come on, church. And whatever he says I am, I am, because he is the great I am. And the I am lives inside of me. And he's big. I said he's big. We got the only way we step into our destiny is when we believe this to be the truth. Got a few more minutes. Hallelujah able to do. He will kick down every limitation in your life. He's able to do whatever label they put on you. He said not so. That's not who you are. You're not a jerk. You're not a thief. You're not a prostitute. You're, 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 you're not an angry man. You're not, you're not this and you're not that. You are who I say you are. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are the apple of my eye, a royal diadem. You are the head and not the tail. You are above only and not beneath. You are my children, heirs to my throne. Join heirs with my son. He'll kick over every obstacle in your life. How does he do it? Abundantly. That means above and beyond. To the overflow. Above all that we ask or think according to the power that works where? In us. I'm more than you think I am. I'm not the shell that you see in this outside, but the spirit of me lives on the inside. And the moment I received Jesus Christ and you received Christ as your Savior, he came into you as well. And now we have a communion together within the temple of the Holy Ghost. Some of our temples are bigger than others, but come on, somebody. I, made the, I gave the Lord some room. How about you? Praise the Lord. And now that we have him on the inside of us, that's called spiritual. It's not natural. It's spirit first. Philippians 4.19, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Get this deep in your spirit. It, he doesn't supply my need according to my bank account. Or, what, or, or my spiritual account, or my emotional account, or my physical account. He does it by his riches and glory. Now, what does that mean? That word supply means to fill back up to the full. Let me say it again. Supply means to fill back up to the full. Supply all my what? Need. What does need mean? It means my distribution of funds. 
my necessity of duties. So when we see this, uh, we see this, uh, uh, my, my business endeavors as well. So we see this, he says, look, I want to fill to the full, all the way to the top, that which has been lacking in all of your business endeavors. I want to fill to the full, all the way to, to the top, that which has been lacking in your distribution of funds. I want to fill all the way back to the top, that which has been lacking in your necessities of duties. And you can't get your duties done if you don't have the supply. And you can't get the business done without the supply. And you can't get the funds to pay your bills without the supply. He said, quit resting on your laurels. Quit looking at your accounts. Look to me. It's all in the spirit. And when you do that, I can bring it to you and fulfill every need you got. I, 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 I'm thankful that God is going to supply all my need. I really am. But I have found out something. There's a principle. It's still going to require my faith. And that's why in 2 Kings 4, it talks of the story of Elisha going to the woman and, 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 and she had nothing. And, and she said, Master, they're going to take my two sons and, and I, my, 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 our, our, my husband have passed away and, and they all have all this debt. And she's swimming, guys. Her nose is not even above the water anymore. They're going to take her sons away from her to collect on the debt so they can work it off. And she is miserable. She's depressed. And he says, what do you want me to do? She says, I don't know what you can do for me. It's over for me. And she said, he said, well, what do you have in the house? What do you have to offer? And she said, I don't have anything. She goes, I got a little jar of oil, but what's that to what I, I, I I'm in over my head. They're going to take my boys. And that's how the enemy works. The enemy always comes to not only put you in lack and insufficiency, but to take the very things you love the most away from you. It's not enough. He wants to ruin you. He wants to destroy you. That's how the enemy works. And that's how the world system works. And he said, well, what do you have? She said, I got this little jar of oil. He said, then go to your neighbors and knock on the doors and borrow vessels from everywhere. And as soon as you bring the vessels in, shut your doors, you and your son, and start pouring that little oil. Take that little oil and start pouring it into that first vessel. And when that sucker's full, go to the next one. And when that's full, go to the next one. And the Bible says she went and borrowed vessels and got that, she got to close the door, started working on her faith and started pouring the oil in the vessels and the thing wouldn't quit and it wouldn't quit and it wouldn't quit until all the vessels were full and she said are there, are there any more they said the son said there are no more and, 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 and she said there, you sure there are no more what's that saying that's saying if she had the faith to knock on two or three more doors she'd have got some more vessels if she said you know what we'll take this block over here she'd have had more vessels hey how about this neighborhood over here she'd have had more vessels the more faith you got to work on something come on the more the miracle and breakthrough begins to happen in your life she told the prophet what happened he said go sell that oil honey pay off your debt and she did and she had so much left over she moved to Honolulu praise God that's my story I'm sticking to it. Hallelujah. She, the Bible says she retired. She lived on the rest. Don't tell me God don't have a supply for you. Little jar of oil with a little bit of faith caused a big, huge result. When you're obedient by faith to God and his word, there's an unlimited supply for you. All right? I want us to look at something else. I want us to look at, the, uh, matter of fact, they're not going to put it on the screen because this is out of the CEB translation. This is Deuteronomy chapter number 28 and verse number 12. 
It says this, the Lord will open for you his own well-stocked storehouses. Can you imagine the royal king has his own royal supply house that's stocked to the full, but notice he doesn't use it for him. He built it for you. It says the Lord opened for you his own well-stocked storehouse, the heavens, providing your land with rain at just the right time and blessing all your work. So blessing and work go hand in hand. Faith without works. So the more faith I use, I'm operating in faith, one step in front of the other. I'm on a journey like Abraham. I don't know where the country is. I just know it's there. I just know if I just keep walking in my faith, being obedient to God, I'll run smack dab into the will of God for my life. And by the way, if God is our father, and he has a well-stocked storehouse, and he does, and it's his good pleasure to give us his kingdom, then why don't we ask for something big? Why are we always settling for the crumbs that fall off the master's table? Come on, y'all. We get so excited. Oh, oh. I hope tomorrow there's another crumb for me. Now, I will tell you this. I don't mind being thankful for the crumb, but I'm going to follow the crumb trail. Come on, somebody. This... I got a bionic nose when it comes to food. Praise God. Because where there's crumbs, there's got to be a loaf of bread somewhere. Come on, somebody say amen. Are y'all flowing me somewhere? I'm trying to tell you something here. I'm saying don't settle for that. Be thankful for it, but don't settle for it. You got to come up higher. He's got a well-stocked storehouse supply for you. We got to start asking bigger than we are. Look how big he said to ask. Psalms 2.8. Ask of me, God says, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. And you worried if you're going to get your bills paid on time next month. Are you flowing with me so far? When you make the ask, make it from the revelation of a God who ain't never been broke a day in his life. He's never walked in lack. And all he wants to do is bless his kids. There are two systems that are always at work in our lives. It's called cause and effect. Cause and effect. The effect is what you see in the natural. Your daily lives your routine. The cause is what's behind it to make the effect happen. So the cause for you is in the spirit. The effect is what you see that has manifested. In other words, it's like the tree. We say, we say, oh, I can see the wind over there. Well, you can't see the wind. Where's the wind at? You can't see the wind. But you see what? You see the leaves moving. And you see the branches swaying. You see what? You see the effects of the wind. You don't see the cause. You see the effects. Now, look, you and I have been given authority, access to do something about the cause that brings about the effect because faith will always change the cause. Not enough money to pay the bills is the effect. It's not the cause. Sickness in your body is the effect. Uh, negative marital issues, the effect. When Jesus was up against that storm in the sea, and they all thought they were going to die. Jesus is asleep, man. He's at peace. He is he's out. And the disciples wake him up and say, Master, don't you care that we're perishing? We're going to die here. He rebukes them. Then he stands at the stern of the boat, and he looks across the sea. The Bible says, and he rebukes not the way. The waves was trying to capsize the boat. The waves was trying to send the boat down to the bottom of the sea. The waves was the problem. Really? But what does he do? 
he rebukes the wind, not the waves. He rebukes what you couldn't see. <laughs> That's causing the waves. What's in your life right now? What's in your life right now? You feel like you're going down and you're rebuking. You're trying to deal with things in the natural. You got your legal pad up. One plus two equals three, but it really doesn't. You can't figure it out. All this stuff, you're looking at the natural to solve the problem. It's not a natural problem. It's a spiritual problem. And the cause is spiritual. And if you deal with the spirit, yeah. if I get in the spirit where every demon in hell is subject to the name of Jesus Christ and must bow its knee. I can win the storm. And the waves will stop because I'm dealing by faith with the cause and not the effect. Come on, church, talk to me, somebody. Statement. The word of God is an inventory. It's an inventory of all that God has supplied to meet your needs and beyond. And church, a part of the problem that we face with our lives not manifesting our destiny is that we're not cooperating with the process that God has laid out for our lives. We're not being obedient to what he asked us to do. We want it our way. Well, honey, this ain't the Burger King religion. It's not your way. It's Yahweh. It's what God wants. I'm going to close with this. Joshua 1.8. This book of the law or the word of God, the word of God is everything we need, shall not depart from your mouth. When's the last time you were talking about the word? But you shall what? Meditate in it. Think about it day and night. That you may observe to see according to all that is written in it. Then you will make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. Now, some of you are going to get this wrong when I ask a question, so don't get mad or upset. Who makes your way? Who makes your way prosperous? Who makes your way to have good success? Exactly right. You must have been in first service. <laughs> now, this is, they're smart, they're smart. That's right. It doesn't say God makes your way prosperous. He partners with you. It's his word. And when his word is in my mouth and it's in my mind and I observe to be obedient to his word, I make my way prosperous. I make myself have good success. So what you got to do is you got to put your name in there. So you can do this today. But read along with me and just put your name in there. This book of the law shall not depart from Jeff's mouth, but Jeff shall meditate in it day and night that Jeff may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then Jeff will make Jeff's way prosperous and then Jeff will have good success. Did you catch that? Don't tell me. All this requires our faith. He has got the supply. He's got the supply. It's ready. He needs the faith to get the job done. Have you enjoyed the series on Manifest? Isn't this powerful?